welcome to all of you tonight, and especially if you're a guest tonight. We are glad to have you in service with us tonight. If you're watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service. It's great to have uh, Taylor Jones, and I apologize, I haven't met your friend yet, but her friend with her, this is Brother Brian Jones's. Uh, daughter, one of his daughters. They were at camp this week, and they've been in service with us today. Glad to have you guys. Thank you for being with us today. Praise God. Amen. Well, would you stand? Sometimes it's not until the worship team starts worshiping that I know the worship and the message are completely different directions. Then there's other times, like tonight, where I've known for hours and hours and hours. And I really, I just, earlier I prayed that you guys would just take it over. Just run with it. I gave you a chance. But, here we go. Haggai chapter 1. Beginning with verse number 1. I, I believe there, there are some things that the Holy Ghost has been saying and trying to say to us as a congregation. It's kind of been said throughout by different people. It's been some things that the Holy Ghost, I trust the Holy Ghost, has spoken through me at times over the last couple of months or so. And so... Lord willing, this is another piece or another part of that. Haggai chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. Brother Middleton, I'm really afraid that a couple of Sundays ago, I didn't just get my year's worth. I got a couple of years worth from those two services because it's been some plowing since then. So, I know if nobody else understands me on that, you do. (laughs) Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. That verse kind of reminds me of what James says in James chapter 4 and verse number 3. Ye ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. You, you ask, 
You ask, but you don't get what you're asking for because your motive for it is the wrong motive. You want it, but you want it so that you can consume it. You can, benef- you can be benefited by it yourself. Verse 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little, and when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man to his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit, and I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. The easy to read verse version says verse 4 this way. Again in the King James it says, Is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses and This house lie waste. You people think the right time has come for you to live in nice houses. You live in houses with beautiful wooden paneling on the walls. Sounds like the 70s. But the Lord's house is still in ruins. As a title, I have a question for you tonight. Are you, not somebody else, not this congregation, Not the youth ministry, not the young adult ministry, not campus ministry, not oikos, not whatever else. Are you building the Lord's house? Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you, to worship you in liberty and freedom in an expression according to the way your word has instructed us to praise you. Thank you for what you've done, Lord. I believe that as we have praised and worshipped you tonight, you have been working and moving in this place. Whether it's things we are consciously aware of or things that you've done that maybe we'll realize in some period of time from now, I thank you for that. And now I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight through your word. Not a sermon to take up time in this service, but a word that would come from you, Lord. Give us ears to hear what you would desire to say to us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've heard this passage preached. I've actually preached it at times, used it at times. And a lot of times when it gets used, and sometimes when I've used it, we've used it partially as a way of encouraging people when it comes sometimes even to physically to the building, again, not that the building in and of itself is God's house, but this is a place that has been set aside for the purpose of worship and ministry. We talk about the fact that, you know, maybe when it comes to our finances that we're using them on ourselves, but the kingdom, the church needs it. But the other night at camp, I don't really know, I don't really remember that it was necessarily related to anything that was being said or anything that was done in that service. It was just, I think, one of those moments in which God quickened something to my spirit. And He quickened this passage to me. 
But I began to think of it in a little bit different way, a little bit different context than I ever have before. I'll give you, I'll give you kind of the insight to that. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own. We know that things in the Old Testament were a type of things in the New Testament. That things in the natural in the Old Testament were intended to be a type of spiritual things in the New Testament. And so in the context of what the word of the Lord is to and through the prophet Haggai, the house. Now in the context of these verses, I think there was a literal natural application. They were literally dwelling in nice houses. Living in the word sealed there is basically what the easy to read version uses. Paneled, nicely decorated houses. And so in that context, the Lord was literally asking, is it okay for you to live in a night, for you to have a physical, nice dwelling, a nice place to live while my house, while the temple lies in ruins? But in the context here tonight, it's not about the fact that is it okay for you and I to go home to a nice house tonight and the church building be falling apart? There are some things that still need to be done around here. There's some projects that are still in the works. But in case you haven't noticed, in the last couple of years, there has basically been a complete overhaul of this building outside and inside. So it's really not about that at all tonight. But what it's about the fact that some of us are so focused on this house and making sure this house, or if I could say it this way also, making sure our lives are good and in order and we are not as focused on the house of the Lord. But I also want you to think of the house of the Lord tonight in this context, not of the gathering of people. But I want you to think of the house of the Lord in the context of someone else. Is it okay for you to have a nice house, well put together house, and then neglect that there are some other houses that are lying in waste and that while you are focused on building and maintaining and redecorating and fixing up your house, there are some other houses that God is concerned about because they are supposed to be His house. They are supposed to be a dwelling place for Him. But He needs somebody that's not willing to let His house... Go to waste. I actually now I remember, I think part of when this came to me, I think it was Wednesday night at camp, they sang Glorious Day. I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness. It was awesome, man. That place was bouncing. There's probably 70% of them. I don't know if we got to 50% tonight. They got to about 70. 
And then, you know, they, they went through they went through the bridge, and man, it was, I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. And the next thing you know, Thursday night, I don't think you're really supposed to do this, but Thursday night they sang it again. We're not supposed to repeat songs, right? I mean that totally sarcastically, in case you missed it. Man, I mean, it happened again. It was, I don't, I don't know how you can hear, especially in a church service, I don't know how you can hear that song and something just not cause you to want to fist bump. Ah, ran out of that cray. I don't know. I'm just, you, you might be able to do it. And it you know, I needed rescue. Chains break at the weight of your own. And then they then they got to it again. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. And everybody, everybody was I'm living in the light. Y'all, I'm setting you. Don't get too going too much with me because I'm going to set you up. Bishop got everybody at United. I'm not. I'm living in. Boy, we were. And, and there's, there's a time and a place to get excited that you're living in the light. There's a time and a place to get excited. But then there's a time and a place to realize I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light. This house has light. This light has the power of the Holy Ghost in it. Or this house. But then to realize there are houses that are lying in waste. And while I'm celebrating all the good stuff in this house... God's going, is it okay for you to live in the light? Is it okay for you to live in a nice house? While I've got other houses that I want to live in, but they're going to waste. Am I preaching to you about the lost? Of course. But it's not just about the lost. It's about looking around us. And I've got some brothers and sisters that may be houses that are starting to go to waste. And I come service after service. Let me tell you something. For those of you that don't own your own house, owning your own house is a very mixed blessing. If you think you have arrived when you own your own house, you, you don't know what's coming. Especially if you got a good landlord. Because if you got a good landlord and something breaks, you call them, they fix it. Something falls apart, as long as you didn't do, do anything wrong, it's on them. But when you own it, there's nobody to call. And when you own it, There's nobody else to fix it. If you're like most of us, I know, man, there's about every Friday, man, you can't, you gotta weave in and out to get out of our neighborhood because of all the houses that have lawn care companies pulled up to do their grass. Oh, they pull up in front of my house because that's where they decide to park. Not because they're coming to my house. I got enough money for the electric. 
the mortgage, the utilities, the groceries. I ain't got money to be paying that guy to pull up in front of my house. I do have a son that's currently assisting in the process. If it's your house, you, 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 the roof leaks, you got to get it fixed. Something's falling apart, you got to figure it out. I'm, I wish I could be, I wish I could be one of those people that doesn't care about their lawn. I drive through neighborhoods, I drive through our neighborhood. There's a few houses I'm like, man, I wish I was them. They have the ugliest yard. They got weeds everywhere. Bushes are taking over. I, I can't do it. I, I, I'm too much of a perfectionist. I can't do it. But the problem is neither do I have the time to do everything that needs to be done. So if we're not careful, we can do in the spiritual what we do in the natural. And that's always just make sure. Got to make sure this house is okay. I need to come to church so I can get a little house home, ins- home inspection. Let's make sure nothing's out of order. Make sure everything's in alignment. Make sure I get, you know, a, fle- a fresh blessing so that this house is good. If the only reason you ever worship is just for you, you're living in a sealed house. You're living in a, you may be living in a nice house, but you know what? Sometimes what we did tonight is not about you getting what you need. Sometimes it's about the fact there may be another house here that is lying in waste. And if I will open myself up and not be focused on what I can receive, on the blessing I can get, but I'll focus on helping build his house, there may be some houses around me that are lying in waste that he wants to see built I love this congregation I love the people of this congregation I I am excited about where we are I'm excited about where we're going but I'm just going to tell you there is an underlying thing that we've somehow got to get through because there's this underlying spirit where too many of us our lives are our first priority And the house of God, whether that's in attendance or in ministry, the house of God and fixing up the house of God. Again, in this context tonight, I am not talking about this facility. I'm talking about lives, whether it's the lives of those that are saved, backslid, or have never been saved. let my house lie in waste we we put our priority i i i i touched on it the other night i i i'm just i'm i'm disturbed because when i was a kid growing up our lives and a lot it wasn't just our lives because my dad was the pastor there's some people in here that have been in this church for 40 plus years that are in the category back then Your life, your personal life, revolved around God. But there's a lot of us, we have become the center of the solar system. And we've got God in orbit around us. And so there are houses 
that are lying in waste while we keep building this house. And as long as this house is okay, as long as this house has no leaks, as long as this house is in order, if other houses of God are falling apart, as long as my house is good, God says, is it time? And and then, you know... I. You ever tried to do spiritual warfare and nothing happened? You ever had some opposition going on in your life and you did some spiritual warfare and nothing changed? What's your response? Well, that's, I guess that's just a devil that's too big for me. I need, you know, I need Bishop to take care of that devil. Now, watch, 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 watch what the Lord says. Y'all could have danced all night. You didn't do it. Listen to what the loving God says. Consider your ways. You've sown much, but you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. My God, we need, we need call to war. Must be the devil. Verse 7, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Two times he says, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood. Build the house and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, who? Haggai 1, 7, please. Who? Excuse me, 1, 9. You looked... For much, boy, this is gonna. This one's gonna be the one, man. This is, this is gonna be the job that I get rich on. This is gonna be the opportunity I've been waiting on. I'm gonna have to cut out some ministry. May not be able to be faithful to the house of God. Definitely won't be able to make any special oper- you know, settings or whatever. But this is the one. And God says, God. God, not the devil. God says, I blew on it. Why? Why, God? How could you, God? How could you be my enemy? Because my house that is waste, and you run every man to his own house, long as we get what we need, as long as I get what I need, as long as I get the blessings I need, as long as I get the touch from God that I need, and there are houses sitting around you tonight, and there will be houses around you, because an unsaved person is ultimately created to be a house of God. An unsaved person is a house that's definitely lying in waste. And while you and I may come and enjoy the presence of God and enjoy our worship and enjoy a touch from the Lord and all of that is well and good and there's a time and a place, but are we doing that at the expense of His house lying in waste? Are you building the house of the Lord? How are you building the house of the Lord? He says, I called for a drought. 
I caused things that should have worked to not work. I did. Why? Because you got nice houses, but my house is wasting away. You're living in blessed places, but my house. Matthew 6 and 33, most of us could quote the verse, but I'll read it anyway. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The New Century Version says it this way, the thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. All of these other things that you are prioritizing and killing yourself to try to get, killing yourself to accumulate the things that you want. He says, if you'll put my house first, if you'll put me first, if you'll seek me first, I will willingly add to you those things that you are trying to get on your own. It is an amazing thing, my friend, when you decide to just put God first, put the kingdom of God first, put the work of God first, and then watch as God opens doors of blessing and opportunity that you could not come up with on your own. The word first there, this is interesting to me, the word first according to Thayer, seek ye first the kingdom. First, the word first means the first reclining place. (laughs) The first reclining place. The chief place. What is got the what what is it in your life that is the first reclining place? (laughs) The chief place. Your family, your career, your hobbies, your personal desires and goals, dreams and ambition. What is it that has the first place? If you think, how many of you, this this really isn't a trick question, so... How many of you believe that we are going to see an end-time, worldwide move of God before Jesus comes? That the church is not just going to be limping out of here at the end, barely surviving, but we are going to see God do a miraculous work all over this world. you believe that? I believe that. I believe you believe that. But do you think God's going to do that in and through people that are only focused on their houses and not focused on other houses and they're not willing to put his kingdom first? I'll say it again. I've said it. I, I forget. I said it somewhere recently. It may have been in this pulpit. I don't remember. I believe our priority should be God first, family second, ministry third. And God and ministry are not synonymous. 
my relationship with God, my walk with God is my number one priority. And that is not synonymous with my ministry. And so that's why I say that I believe your family should be a priority above your ministry. But that does not mean that your ministry takes second place to everything. That just means there are some times in which that you've got to recognize, if, especially if you're the head of a house, that God has entrusted to you that household. And they may very well need your time and attention and you not running off to do ministry. But I believe some of us have taken that to the wrong extreme and now everything becomes secondary to family and to our lives and our desires and our schedules. Oh, I wish y'all would have taken it away. I really do. Man. Mm. I, I tried to... I tried to, I wasn't going to encourage you because that would have been self-serving, but I tried to let you. <laughs> listen, listen to this, De- Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. I'm going to read a significant portion of this passage here if you want to try to follow along. These are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess. It's not really the message, but but just you need to make sure you understand that. God gave the children of Israel the commandments of how to live for when they get into the promised land. There's sort of this mentality in Christianity today. When you arrive spiritually, there's no more commandments. There's no more law there's no more there's nothing to rule your life but the lord said i'm giving you these things not for while you're wandering around in the wilderness i'm giving you these things for when you get to the land i have promised you that you might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it that thou mightest fear the lord thy god to keep all his statutes and his commandments which i command thee thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged hear thou hear therefore o israel and observe to do it that it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the lord god of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and Here, O Israel, here it is, priorities, here it is. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware. Then beware. 
He wasn't worried about them forgetting him when they were wandering around in the wilderness and had nothing to eat. He wasn't worried about them forgetting him when they didn't even have water to drink without miraculous provision. He knew that when they were in that condition, they would not forget him. But what he said was, I am concerned that when you get to the land I have promised you, and you are now eating and reaping things that you didn't work for, and you're living in houses that you didn't build. I am concerned that when you get to that place that you will forget me. That's the problem with those of us that have parents that got saved before we did and we were raised in this. We're living in houses we didn't build. We're eating from vineyards we didn't plant. We're reaping the benefits of things we didn't sacrifice for. And if we're not careful, we can get comfortable with that. And we can forget the one who has provided it all. You see, when you first, you know, when you're used to living in the wilderness and surviving from day to day, you, you don't forget God. And, and even when you come into the promised land, when you've come out of the wilderness, you can remember back to those days. There are, there's some families. What some of you young people failed to understand here tonight is the reason that you're here with a mother and a father is because of God's intervention because had God not intervened your parents would have divorced a long time ago your house would have broken apart and so you can come sit on these seats service after service week after week and sometimes resent the fact that you have a drug problem you get drugged to church when what you don't understand is you're eating stuff you didn't work for and you're living a life that you didn't sacrifice for and you're reaping the benefits of some things that others had to give of themselves sacrificially for. Oh God, let it not be said of the generation at Antioch now that we have forgotten you because we don't need you like we used to need you. We're not dependent upon you. We got a sanctuary. We're not worried about where we're going to have church next week. We're not worried about having to set up and take down anymore. We got a beautiful, wonderful sanctuary. We've got a nice building that we can come to. And if we need something in our sealed house, we can get it. But if we don't really need anything, we can just go through the motions because we've got this. We're, we're blessed with things. We're benefited from things that we don't understand the price that somebody paid. We, we don't understand what somebody else went through to provide what you and I have and we're now living in some nice houses we never built I do my best to frequently remind myself you, you, you believe it if you want to I don't care God knows I, I don't ever stand up here on this platform and look out across the service and think man look what I have done In fact, most of the time, I'm like, and I don't mean in the sense of natural, me personally. You, you hear what I'm trying to say. Most of the time I look at this and I think, what in the world have I, or I'll say it this way, a little more accurate, what in the world has God done through me? 
Because we're living off the benefits of somebody else. Living off the, and that's one of the beautiful things about the kingdom of God. He says, if you'll obey me, I'm going to bless you, but I'm not just going to bless you. I'm going to bless your kids, and I'm going to bless their kids, and I'm going to bless each, I'm going to keep blessing generation after generation. That's all a part of it. I acknowledge tonight, I've got some things naturally and spiritually. I got a grandmother sitting here tonight that has some things that I'm reaping from. I've got great grandparents that there's things I'm reaping from, and there's parents that I'm reaping from and so for me to sit back in my nice house and just cruise until Jesus comes when there are other houses that are lying in waste that I have the ability to help that house oh God I wish we would get some people around here that would become obsessed fixer uppers we got a whole TV station dedicated to houses and fixing houses and redecorating. Boy, what would happen if we had some spiritual Chip and Joannas that went to look and I went, 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 went around looking for old worn out houses? Boy, there's something I think I can see some potential. There, there's a house I can see God doing something with. There's a house I can see God occupying. There's a house I can see becoming to the glory of God. My wife, I think she was born with the ability to envision things. I had to develop it. I now can. You, you want to walk into a room and talk about decorating and colors and all? I can now do it. I can now envision it. I wasn't always that way. Lived in my parents. We lived in an apartment in my parents' house for the first three years of marriage. And then we, we, we moved up to a trailer in a trailer park that no longer exists right around the corner from here, basically. And we lived there for, I think, three years. And then the timing came, it was time to look at, try to fit, we, we were in a position to try to buy something, and Brother Bill Benner, who has been such a great blessing to this church, and also personally in guiding and helping and assisting, and he had a friend that had a townhouse, I don't even think it was on the market, if I'm not mistaken, but had a townhouse he was going to sell, and so we went to look at that townhouse, electricity wasn't on, nobody was living there. On the main level in the upstairs, that's not too much of a big deal because they all have light, you know, windows. But you go down in the basement and it's not very light. I'm like, oh, man. I, I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. Do you know what? Two years ago, almost three years ago now, we thought we were heading one direction with housing and all that changed. We pulled up in this driveway to this little college, college, cottage, this little cottage that wasn't big enough for our family, didn't have enough bedrooms for all of us. I pulled up in the driveway, and from the moment I looked at it, I'm like, that's it. Because I now could see beyond what was there. Oh, Lord, what would happen? I know some of you do pretty good at this, but a bunch of us don't. What would happen the next time you were sitting in the restaurant and you saw some crazy-looking individual sitting there, whacked out and just just whatever, what maybe whatever? That if you started looking at that going, boy, there is a house right there. Man, that is a house. It might be lying waste. 
but I know the fixer-upper of fixer-uppers. I know the one that's got the ability to take an old, worn-out, broken-down, beat-up, house and do something with it and he needs somebody to work through so if you're looking for a laborer lord here am i thank you for this house that is not lying in waste thank you for this house and my life that you have blessed but oh god if there's a house that's around me if there's a house that's nearby me that is lying in waste don't let me be content as long as this house is good. God is a God of love. He is. He's a God of mercy, compassion, grace. He, he is all of the absolutely. But don't forget there's another side to him as well. Judges chapter 5 verse 23 says this. Simple verse. There's really not a whole lot. You dig into it. There's really not a whole lot of details you can find about it. There's not a whole lot of background to it, it's, but it's pretty straightforward. The scripture says, Curse ye Miraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof. Why? Because they were in idolatry? Because they were in sexual perversion? No. Why? Why is there a curse on them? Because when the Lord came and asked them to help, they didn't respond. When the Lord came and said, I need you, they were too busy fixing their house. They were too busy focused on making sure their house was in order. And the Lord says, that there is a curse. I wonder if there's some folks in this place tonight that things are not going real well right now for you. Finances are a little bit tight. Your living situation is not the best it could be that perhaps it's because you've been so focused on your house. You've been so focused on your priorities and God is saying, I'm blowing on it. You're gathering and I'm blowing on it. You're trying to accumulate it, put it in your pocket and I put holes in your pocket. You don't have to raise your hand on this or respond, but anybody ever feel like you got barely just enough to make it by month to month just enough maybe the chance is God is giving you just enough because he said he would supply your needs but he's not giving you above your needs because if he did you would consume it on yourself while his house while his house lies in waste Listen to what it says further down in Haggai. This really kind of ties into what I preached a couple of Sunday nights ago about the twelve. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people. The remnant, the remnant, the remnant. That's not all the people, that's the remnant. The remnant means it's a portion. The remnant means it's just a, a percentage, a small percentage of the whole. The Lord says, or the scripture says, that the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. 
and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's... Spake... Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. When you focused on your stuff and you put your priorities on you, I've been your enemy. But when you make me your priority and you put me first, I'm now going to be with you. And oh, my friend, when God is with you, you might just have five loaves and two fishes, but that's enough to feed a multitude. You may seem to only have a small amount when you've got it in your possession, but if you would release it to him, what may seem to be a small amount, he has the ability to multiply it, to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He just needs some people that are willing to put his house. I had a question to all of you deacons tonight. How well are you building the house of the Lord? If I could say it this way, how well are you building the houses of the Lord that you have been entrusted to? I don't know if anybody else does, but I know at least Brother Lewis owns a couple of different properties. I've heard him talk at times about going from to different ones of those and having to clean, having to repair, having to work. Because they're his houses. No, I don't own, this is not my, I've, you know, Bishop Parrott, may he rest in peace. Bishop Parrott, he, 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 I've heard him say it and he talked about it here. Somebody talked about it at his funeral. He, the Lord rebuked him for calling it my church. Well, I, I get his point, but at, I, I, you're, I, this isn't my church, but there is also something positive about a sense of, of ownership, not in the sense that it's yours, but ownership in the sense of buying in. That's why, man, you, you lend somebody something that belongs to you, and, and it's not an unlikely thing to get it back in a, in a worse condition. I don't like people messing with my stuff. I don't like. I'm not a professional painter, but I don't like people messing with my paintbrushes. And there's, there's, you know, there's people that live within a 50 mile radius of me. Every now and then they try to use my paintbrushes, and I, I almost, I just start twitching. Because I, I know they're not going to clean it the way I clean it. Because I have ownership in it. No, there's not a person that you own. But there ought to be a, a sense of stewardship that I have been entrusted to take care of what is so precious to Him. And so I'm not just going to focus on this house and what I can get for this house, but what can I do to help build the house of the Lord here? And what can I do to help build the house of the Lord here? And what can I do to help build the house of the Lord out there? I don't want this house to be in great shape while all of those other houses are lying in waste when I have been entrusted not to just keep this house, but to care for other houses as well. 
you know, I, I'm learning more and more. People that talk a good talk usually are not doing anything. People that tell you all about what they're doing is probably because you can't observe what they're doing. And nobody really ever gets to observe what they're doing, but they sure talk. I'm pretty sure that unless I told you, you would not just look at me and think, man, that dude goes to the gym. Thank you, Brother Barb. Because while I go, it ain't what I'm living for. I was sitting in, and we were sitting in a restaurant Friday evening, went out, got a bite to eat. This dude walked in the restaurant. I didn't need anybody to tell me. I didn't have any questions. I knew he goes to the gym. I also am pretty sure he don't just go to the gym with a bottle of water. He's either got a needle or a pill or something. But you can tell there is there's something to show. I got a question. Do you have to tell people you are a minister of the gospel? Do you have to go around telling everybody about how much God uses you? Do you have to go around telling everybody about how much God flows through you? Or can people just watch you? And people just tell, boy, there's somebody that's all in. There's somebody that's not just invested when it's convenient. There's not, they're not just invested, invested when it fits in to their schedule. But there's somebody that has made up their mind. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for this house. Thank you for every blessing there is upon this house. But the greatest way that I can express my thankfulness to you for what you've done for this house is not with my mouth. It's with my feet. It's with my hands. It's with how I reach out to other houses that may be lying waste. I, I, I'm, I know this here. I said this earlier. There's things I, I just, I, I, some, I try my best most of the time just to say it, not apologize or qualify, whatever. But I, every now and then it's too much for me to bear. So here I go. I, I, I'm sorry, I, you may not feel this way, and others may not, but I love church. I love coming to church, not because I'm the preacher, not because I'm the, I just love it. I love what happens. I, I love what God does. I love the, the possibilities. You understand there is no, there, there, there anything, in, in essence, anything can happen. You go, you got, if you're going to eat tonight at a restaurant, you're going expecting one thing, food. Hopefully good food, but food. You're not going to a restaurant tonight to get something to eat and, you know, expecting something else. I mean, something else may happen. We went out, my dad and Timothy and, Brother Knox Hankins from uh, Pastors up near Philadelphia. We went out and played 
golf the other day up at, at camp and uh, Wednesday. And, man, Wednesday was, a, I don't know what it was like here, but up in Pennsylvania, it was a absolutely beautiful day, partly cloudy, beautiful skies. And you're out there on the rolling hills of Pennsylvania, and it was amazing. But we, we, we were, Tim, Timothy was following me. Uh, he and Tridge were in the cart behind me, and, and uh, Tridge was, went along to be entertained by all of our pathetic golfing. And, um, but we were heading to the first tee, Brother Barr. And, and as I'm getting up, well, my dad actually called me. Come on, you got to come now, son. Hurry up. So I'm on my way, and we get there. And, and the guy that's um, he's, he's called the starter, if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But he, 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 was, he was leading my dad and Brother Hankins away from the first tee. Like, what is, what is going on? I, I don't know. So they, he takes us to, like the, to start on the third hole. I'm like, what, why, what's going on? Well, they had a guy drop over on the first hole. They had to revive him. That's very unexpected. That's not what I go to the golf course expecting to experience. When I come to church, I come with the expectation. I realize, I realize, oh man, I need to stop right now. I'm about to get in trouble, but I'm going to get in trouble, I guess. I, well, you know, we, we, we basically do the same thing all the time. We sing, we pray, you preach, that's it. Every week we do that over and over and over. Well, if you did something different, we might do something different. you can get in a rut. I know you can get caught up in tradition, but I don't know about you in the midst of a crazy changing world with all kinds of unpredictable things. There is something reassuring of knowing there's a place that I can go that there's going to be some things I can expect. They're not going to be thrown out the window. They're, they're not going to be replacing it with something else. So should we be locked into a program when we come to church? Obviously not. But at the same time, we ought to realize there's value in knowing that there are some things that are stable in our lives. But all of that being said, anything, anything, anything somebody might get delivered from drugs an alcoholic might get set free somebody addicted to pornography might get delivered somebody battling cancer might get healed somebody walked in crippled might walk out completely whole Somebody that walked in with eyes that didn't see well might get healed. Somebody that walked in with ears that didn't hear well might get healed. And most importantly of all, somebody that walked in lost and going to hell might get the Holy Ghost. You just never know. If we're not careful, just go through the motions, especially, especially 
especially when we're in a sealed, nice house. I don't really need anything right now. There's not really anything going wrong. There's not really any problems other than the fact that it just doesn't seem like I ever have enough. Just can't get ahead. Again, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that's uttered those words in the last little while. Boy, I just can never seem to get ahead. Maybe it's because your focus is your house. It's what can happen for your house, in your house, when God is looking for some people to build His house. Brother, you, thank you for being a house of the Lord builder. There's a house named Jacob. There's a house named Andrew. There's a house named Josh. There's a house named Tommy. There's others that I could list. Thank you, Brother You, for being a house builder. And there's others I, I'm not going to give. There's others I could call your name right now. Thank you for being a, thank you for not just being a caretaker of your own house. Thank you for not just living for your own house, but thank you for realizing, you know what? I don't want my house to be in all kinds of wonderful care and shape while there are houses around me that are lying in waste. God, I'm going to build your house. Just stand. I know it's summertime. Some of you got vacations coming up, got time away coming up. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. I'm happy for you. If you have a chance to go on vacation, you need to do it. I hope you go and have a great time. But at the same time, the problem is the devil doesn't take the summer off. The devil doesn't go on vacation. Hell doesn't stop accepting new people during the summer. So while there may be some of us that come and go over the next couple of weeks and have some time away and get some rest and refreshing and all that's well and good, but the, 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 the driving mentality has got to be, doesn't matter if it's summertime, you know, bottom line is, I don't know if you know this, it's never really a good time to have revival and harvest. I mean, the end of the year, it's the holiday season. And we get through the holidays, and you know, it's can't wait to get the spring break. And then we can get through spring break, man. Hopefully, we can get to summer. We're always waiting on the next thing. It's never really convenient. So, again, while there's nothing wrong at all with individuals coming and going, got vacation this summer or some other point. All that's well and good. You can get some time to rest. All of that's well and good. But the overall attitude can't be. Let's just make sure our house is okay right now. And if our house is okay, that's all that matters. No. If there are houses of God that are around me that are lying in waste, it's not acceptable for me to just focus on me.
want you to bow your head, close your eyes if you would, please. I know it's it's almost eight. That's of course we know that's dismissal time. I I, I want to give an altar call, and here's the altar call, here's the invitation, and again. There's a lot of you that you're, you're already doing what I preach tonight. So just take this as a reminder, as a fresh challenge, not as a rebuke. But and there are some of you that you really need a change of mind, a change of focus. So would you please just close your eyes for a moment right where you are. And I want to open this altar to those that would be willing tonight. You can come kneel. You can come just stand. I don't care what posture you take, but you would just make your way down to this altar as a demonstration tonight to the Lord to say, Lord, I'm not just going to focus on building this house. I'm not just going to focus on making my house nice while your houses, and again, I don't think I have to say it this plainly, but I will, while there are people saved backsliders or sinners while there are houses that ultimately are supposed to be yours that are lying in waste Father we commit to you tonight we're going to build your house we're going to work on your house We're not going to focus on our houses being nice while there are houses around us that are lying in waste. We're not going to focus on making sure our house is wonderful while there are houses around us that are falling apart because they need some care and attention. They, They need somebody to invest in them. They need somebody that can see beyond the current circumstances. They, they need somebody that can envision the potential. God, I want to be a builder of your house. I want to be a builder of your houses, Lord. I want to be a caretaker of your houses. I, I don't want to neglect this house. But neither do I want to neglect the houses around me that are lying in waste that need to be built. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want to put you first. I want to put your kingdom first. I want you to be my first priority, God. I want you to be my first priority, what you want, what you love, what you care about. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for every way in which you've blessed us. Thank you, God, for every way in which you've brought improvement to our lives. Thank you for every spiritual renovation there's been to our lives. But, oh, God, don't let us be content to stop there. Don't let us be satisfied with just having our house taken care of. In the name of Jesus. Give myself away. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All my dreams, Lord. All my plans. I give it all to you tonight, God. I lay it at your feet. I want to embrace your dreams. I want to embrace your plans. I want to embrace your priorities, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I give myself away, God. I'm not going to hold on. I'm not going to hold on to everything I've got. I'm going to give it all away. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said something. The Apostle Paul said something. I don't remember the exact location, but he says this. He said, I am willing to spend. But he didn't stop there. He said, I'm I'm willing to spend. But he said, I'm also willing to be spent. And there is a real big difference between those. And I think the significance of what Paul was saying was, I control what I spend. I decide what I spend. But when I say I will spend, but I'm also willing to be spent, that means I am giving up control. And I don't mean this unkind. I'm just trying to challenge somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. But there are some of you in this place tonight. You are more than willing to spin. You're more than willing to do what you decide to do, when you decide, where you decide, whatever. You're good with that. But the question is, are you good with being spent? Are you good with giving up control and saying, I'm willing to spend, but I'm also willing to be spent? Somebody tell him that tonight. Tell him that tonight. God, it's not just what I'm going to control. Life is not my own. I'll spend, but I'll be spent. I'll spend, but I'll be spent as well. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you, Lord. Life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on. Don't let that 
just come from your mouth or your mind, but let that come from your spirit. Come on, let there be something from your heart, from your spirit that cries out, my life is not mine. I don't own it. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you, Lord. I give myself. I give myself, Lord. I think it was I think it was a week ago if I'm not mistaken I believe we had a staff meeting and we kind of did the busy work we needed to do and that was Tuesday morning after I had just preached that Sunday night about the 12 the power of 12 or whatever title I used and I, I was just I was stirred by that message in the context of Jesus calling the disciples and equipping them, training them. And, and one of the things, and I, we talked about it then, I think I've talked about it to a couple of people, I don't think I've said it from the pulpit yet, but one of the things that that Monday especially I just kept pondering all day was we, we put a lot of emphasis, and rightly so, on an individual's hunger and desire. But what I was thinking a lot about, especially that Monday, was how much of what happened with the disciples was based on their hunger and their desire. Meaning, how much did they initiate themselves? And, and in one sense... I would tell you, not a whole lot. Jesus called them. Jesus selected them. Jesus invited them to follow Him. Jesus took time to teach them. 
And I know, I said this to the young adults a couple of months ago at our house. The Bible says a man through, a, a man through desire separates himself and seeks for, intermeddle with all wisdom. And, and so again, there is an important element of hunger. There, there's also, and this, this came up in the discussion, there's also some people that have trouble with viewing themselves as being worthy of being invested in. I, I said it to the young adults at my house, and I, I'll say it here tonight. If you see, you know, these a lot of these young men that, that Brother Yu does Bible study with, he, he doesn't go get them and ask them to come. They seek him out. But you know what? There are, there are some amazing young men and young women of God that don't know they are. And they don't see themselves that way. And they don't feel like they're one of the top draft picks. But God has his hand on their life. And so I, I want you elders to listen to me for a moment, please. And I'll let you define elder. At the very least, elder is older than me. I want you elders to please hear me tonight. Some of you don't have the energy and the strength and the stamina you used to have. Or as Bishop Parent would say, the stamina. You don't have what it takes to go knock doors and all that kind of stuff. But you have got all kinds of wisdom and experience and knowledge that you have accumulated through the years. And I want to challenge you. We're actually going to work on trying to organize this. But you know what? It'd be awesome if we ended up not needing to organize it. I want to challenge some of you elders. Because here, I, I'm, I'm trying to quit. But here's the other problem. While there's some young people, young adults that don't view themselves as being ones with the potential. The other problem is there's a bunch of elders that the enemy has convinced you. You're not brother you, so you don't have anything to give. That is a lie from the pits of hell. I want, to, I want to ask, challenge, encourage some of you elders. Do it right now or do it over the next couple of weeks. But I believe if you will seek for it, not make it happen yourself, but I believe if you'll be open to it, that in, during a church service, God will highlight one of these young people, one of these young adults to you. And rather than you sitting there going, well, if they really want to know something, they'll come find me. Why don't you decide to do like Jesus did? And you go find them and you go ask them, can I help build your house? Can I help see your house become 
everything that God wants it to be. And I am very confident you're going to find some folks that are just looking for somebody that will say, your house is worthy of my investment. Your house is worthy to be invested in. Jesus' name. I'll say it again as I quit. part of the context of what I preach tonight it's very easy to just take that and talk about sinners and the lost we have a responsibility to reach the lost yes we've got a responsibility amongst each other we've got a responsibility amongst the prodigal and God has gifted different ones of you in different ways Let's, let's, let's build God's house. Let's build God's house. Let's make up our minds. God will take care of our house if we'll take care of his house. God will bless our house if we'll work on investing in his houses elsewhere. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for this night from beginning to end. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the liberty of worship tonight. And I trust, God, that your word has gone forth in your will, and I pray that our hearts would be good ground. God, don't let us fall into the trap of just being inward-focused, self-centered, maintaining our own houses, redecorating our own houses, fixing up our own houses when there are houses around us that are lying in waste. Help us to invest, to give of ourselves. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.